This is the magic of compassion. I'm Little Wu, and today's topic or question is how to stay grounded around others' emotions as a highly sensitive and empathetic person. Thank you so much for that question. Um, firstly, I, I do want to acknowledge that it is, can be very hard to feel someone else's anxieties, fears, pain, or their suffering. Um, as you know, humans, we are naturally wired to feel compassion. We have mirror neurons that fire as soon as we see something, someone else going through an experience, and, and we tend to feel what they're feeling. And so that allows us to feel empathy and compassion for someone else's experience or their suffering. And so that, that can, you know, we can feel their joys, but we can feel also their sorrows. And that makes us be able to live together in a community because then we can help each other when we're suffering and then we can enjoy each other when we're in joy. So those are some of the benefits of this mirror neurons that allows us to feel so much. Now we all have that unless we have experienced some kind of deep trauma uh, or as a way to survive in a highly uh, emotionally intense environment. So if you've grown up in a place where there's lots of turbulence emotionally or trauma, you might have actually shut down some of your empathy in order to survive the intensity. So it's not because you're a de you know, defective or that there's anything wrong with you, it's that, that it was a very intelligent survival response to a very difficult situation and that could have been one of your survival responses. It's not the only one but it is one that happens to some people and I remember in my childhood going through periods where I felt absolutely apathetic or uh, we, we say the word empty. I just felt empty and it was frightening to feel nothing and it was actually just as a way to survive the intense emotions of my environment. Okay, so that's the first thing I want to mention is just the acknowledgement of how hard it can be to feel what others are feeling. Um, and then the second is to then really think about um, that survival mode, you know, and, and then, you know, understanding what survival mode looks like for you when there's a lot of emotions involved. So if you feel someone else's emotional state, whether it's anxiety, fear, or some kind of suffering, you want to know what is your habitual survival response. Is it first to uh, flight? The fight or flight is the flight part. Do you tend to run? Do you want to run away from the emotion? Uh, so that would be either deflecting the emotion, ignoring the emotion, or trying to hide from the emotion. So is that your habitual response to intense emotion or someone else's intense anxiety? Uh, the other type of uh, common reaction would be to run towards the emotion, so to confront it or to take responsibility or ownership of it in some way by feeling like you are the one that needs to fix it, repair it, or uh, address it some way with your own skills and abilities. So that's one way we kind of try to survive. It's like, well, if someone's feeling a lot of emotion, it's really uncomfortable for me. So maybe the only way for me to survive this is if I fix everything for that person, or if I help them heal their emotion, or if I help resolve the situation. So sometimes you might take too much ownership of someone else's predicament 
or emotions in order for you to actually find some comfort and survive. So those are the two common survival reactions and it's important for you to know first of all which one is your habitual one. You probably do one or the other depending on the situation but we do have a tendency towards one. I know for me that I would tend to run towards the emotion because for me it feels more dangerous to not address it and to hide it on the carpet or to look the other way. So I always look right at it and I tend to be maybe more um, um, intense in someone's face when they're having emotion like I want to I want to do something I want to help them I want to um, understand them so I tend to go towards their emotion and sometimes that can seem confrontational or uh, too uh, involved and too engaged and so that that's something that I've learned over the years to kind of be aware so be aware of which of your survival responses come into play when you feel a lot of emotion that you might be uncomfortable with Okay, so then after you become aware of your habitual response, then you can do the second step, which is to practice um, what I call the real namaste. And so we might have just a verbal or a posture of namaste sometimes. If you've done any yoga or if you travel to India, you might be used to people saying namaste or just the silent bow. And the namaste is a very beautiful concept that um, the Sanskrit word that means to bow to you. And so lots of translations have come about, um, different ways to interpret it, and a very simple way is to say that the divine in me bows and acknowledges the, the divine in you. And that's a very basic one. You can find all different kinds on the internet. But that really, that deep recognition of someone's divinity within yourself and with the, with the other creates the space that there's a, this beautiful word of namaste, we bow to each other, we recognize each other. And what is the benefit of that besides just a practice of reverence? But in this highly sensitive state that we're all in, where we feel and have empathy, if we are able to practice the real namaste, then what we're seeing, someone suffering, we're not actually seeing them with pity, um, we can feel compassion for them, but we don't pity them. We see their divinity. And so the real namaste would be to truly practice every day seeing someone's true power, their talent, and their transcendental divinity. So this, this cosmic self that they have that is beyond their mortal coil, that's beyond their mortal experiences, and that that cosmic self allows them to experience all of this earthly existence and all of its joys and all of its terrors and be able to digest, process, and learn and evolve from it. So that real namaste is recognizing that they have this true power to digest this experience that they're having in that we, our pity is not necessary. Instead, if we look with admiration and compassion that comes from understanding their true nature, then we, we don't give them those eyes of pity, but we give them eyes of admiration and eyes of understanding. And when you're suffering and someone looks, with you, look, looks at you and says, wow, I really see what a deep, beautiful, powerful being you are, and I have compassion for what you're going through, but I also understand that you're more than this mortal being, that you are a cosmic being, and that you have the ability to transcend and embody and digest what you're experiencing right now for the highest good of all humanity, that you're not suffering this for no reason, but for a deep purpose. And so that real namaste practice allows you to not ignore 
and not take on responsibility for someone's suffering, but be able to hold space in witnessing it. So the third practice after you practice the real namaste is just that practice of being purely present, fully present, and use your breath to stay in your body so that you don't run, because often we leave our bodies when we're running from something uncomfortable. So stay present by breathing and watching and witnessing with understanding and admiration and love instead of pity, fear, or becoming like a tuning fork where you resonate exactly the same as them, where wherever their anxiety is, you end up there at the same place. Instead, you're observing it with love, and so it's not um, apathy, and it's not um, martyrdom where you take on all of the world's issues and feel like you must die for it. Uh, you don't feel guilty because this person's suffering is something that they're going through for a higher purpose. And so that's the practice that I would recommend, the three steps. Awareness of your habitual response to other people's emotions. And then second, practice the real namaste. And then third, practice being fully present with that uh, state of wonder and love. And I, this is an incredible experience when I've done it. People, they turn around and they see you too. You know, they remember themselves, and then they remember you, and then that alleviates their suffering without you taking ownership of it, without you um, degrading um, their ability. Because when we look at someone with pity and we feel terrible for them, it's a form of compassion, but it's without seeing their true power. And so when you look at each other that way, the real namaste comes into play, and then when someone's suffering, they can go, wow, wait a minute, there's more to this, there's more to me, so thank you for seeing who I really am and recognizing the power of this moment, the poetry of this moment that I'm going through on behalf of all humanity. And so that is a form of, of deep reverence that we can all practice and to lift each other up from our suffering by recognizing the depth of the work that we're doing here. So I, I, I bow to all of you for all your deep work in this lifetime. I admire and, and respect each person that I've met, and when I feel pity, I realize I need to remember their true cosmic self and bow to them instead. And when I've done that, that person's power comes deep into their eyes and they see me too. And it's been a transformative experience on both sides when we can practice this. And it's not esoteric bullshit, it's something that I've been practicing for uh, 12 years now, and it's very real. And I invite you to practice and experiment and see how it impacts your experiences of other people's emotions and other people's situations that are difficult and other people's suffering. And this is not apathy and it's not idealistic bullshit. It's a, a moment of true being with someone else. And then from that place, you'll be guided to help if you want to without taking on full responsibility of, for everything that happens to them because you're allowing them their true sovereign power to, wit to witness their own experience without your um, imprint on them, with your pr pity imprint. So this is a very deep practice and I welcome you to try it. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're curious about my one-on-one -on -one sessions, workshops, or online classes, visit littlewood.org. Lots of love.